So, sir, thanks for joining us today uh, on Leadership Log, which is a podcast for the Air Force Lifecycle Management Center community on topics of interest. And the topic of interest today is learning about the Small Arms Program Office at Robbins Air Force Base. Uh, so, sir, if you could introduce yourself and give us a little bit of your career background. Oh, okay. Thank you, sir. Um, good afternoon. Thank you again for having us on this program. This is great. Um, we here at the Small Arms Program Office do a lot. Um, I recently took over this team about a year and a half ago. Um, I'm a retired Air Force guy. I, I spent my career in aircraft armament. So guns, bombs, missiles was kind of my ballywick. So it was a natural transition for me to come up here to Robbins Air Force Base in the armament sustainment division and work on that team. And back in 2011, I made that transition, retired, and I went to work for the Special Operations Forces strike team here on, on the base, um, working the AC-130 gunships primarily. So uh, I worked that as a contractor for about five years and then successfully made the transition into government service. Um, worked for about three years in the bomb racks team um, and about two years ago, moved over to small arms. So um, our team is quite diverse. We've got a lot of uh, expertise on our team. It's, it's a relatively small team. It consists of only four government uh, persons. Um, we've got two engineers and equipment specialist and myself as the team lead. Um, but we do have a, a very, very important cadre of contractor advisory and assistant services personnel that work with our team. Um, and for the most part, our item management and our equipment specialist forces are, are working there. Um, they, they give us feedback on supply chain management issues and tech data development and any kind of technical issues that we get along the way. Um, and of course, we have extended team members in our finance department. Our contracting team is very, very helpful to us. Um, and we spend a lot of time working with our external stakeholders, um, such as the Army and the Navy, um, our brethren down in Texas for the Security Forces Center. We have a contingent that works in the gunsmith shop. Um, what is now called the U U.S. Air Force uh, Small Arms Depot. Um, so that team does all, uh, most of our depot repairs. Um, some of our machine guns and stuff are repaired out at Anniston by the Army. Um, and we even sometimes can reach down to the depot repair at Albany here in Georgia as well. So we, we reach out, um, get a lot of external stakeholders in the process. We work hand in glove a lot with the Army um, for all small arms, thereby regulation, the the lead service for buying all small arms and light weapons. Uh, that's for standardization purposes. So all DOD forces are using the same thing. Um, mm -hmm. So we, we work with them hand in glove. Okay. Uh, so help us understand what the small arms office does. Um, so you said it's a small team, um, but you have a huge impact in terms of it. You control all the small arms in the Air Force and that, that impacts every, every airman in the Air Force. So, uh, so, so talk to us about some of the, uh, some of the items that you manage, uh, some of the programs, that kind of thing. Okay, yeah, we do um, a, lot of, a lot of work for the sustainment piece. Um, a lot of our stuff is going through depot repairs. We track and, and manage all the, the issuance and the retrograde process for repair actions going to our depots. Um, and of course they go to those different depot facilities based on their expertise. Um, we work mostly with our gunsmith shop, the small arms depot down in Texas. Uh, Mr. Rich Shelton and company down there do a great job on all our M4s, um, all our 
handguns and our um, honor guard weapons. Those all go through that facility down there. A lot of our machine gun work goes out to Anniston. Um, so we do that. Um, we also do procurement of new equipment for the forces. So if, if, a, if a weapon system is being phased out and the Army and the Air Force have made the determination to adopt a new weapon, we'll, we'll partner with the Army and we'll go out and do the acquisition piece to that. Um, we'll, do, we'll help out with all the market research, the um, legal reviews, the non-nuke munition safety boards to make sure it's safe to have all Air Force users use. Um, we'll do all that dotting of the I's and crossing of the T's that make sure the acquisition is done according to the federal acquisition regulation. So, but we partner with a lot of people for that. Um, you know, and of course the financing piece is done through the congressional palming process and we manage those inputs. Um, we, we plan out all those acquisitions throughout the fiscal year defense plan. Mm -hmm. So now what weapons do you manage? You, you, you manage handguns, rifles, um, small machine guns. What, what, what systems in particular do you, do you manage? Um, well, we manage everything from the, the smallest we have is a 22 caliber used for the, the shooting teams. Um, um, that's a largely um, forgotten about mission set that we support. Um, it's largely going away because the, the Air Force no longer buys weapons for the shooting teams. They're personally owned. But we do try to transition those through our gunsmith shop for repairs if, if necessary. Um, of course, we do all the nine millimeter sidearms that all our security forces carry. Um, we we re recently did a contract for the M18 with Sig Sauer um, through the Army. Uh, that will replace all the old Beretta M9s for sidearms. Um, there, there's various uh, agencies like our Office of Special Investigations. They, they do um, an M11 Sig Sauer. Um, there's actually an, an effort underway right now to transition them to a different weapon as well. Um, so those sidearms are being being procured and moved. Um, there's even some honor guard weapons that still carry 38 caliber revolvers um, that are still in our inventory. Um, we have M1s, M, uh, 1903s, all in honor guard service. There's M14s in honor guard service. We do, of course, the M4 series of weapons. There's 12 different varieties of that that are out in the field right now. Um, we even have one that's a collapsible firearm that's called the aircrew self-defense weapon that goes in the ejection seat of our fighter aircraft for downed aircrew members. Um, we do shotguns. Um, right now we're transitioning from, from Remington's. Uh, Remington a few years ago declared bankruptcy and then no longer supports their weapons. So we're having to transition away from that platform as well. Um, we do, of course, our our bigger weapons for our long guns, we're, we're buying the squad designated marksman rifle for our folks that need extended range capability. Um, we of course do uh, the M249 machine gun, the M240 machine gun. Um, we even have an M107 50 caliber rifle in our inventory. We do Mark 19 grenade launcher uh, machine guns, M320 grenade launchers that mount underneath the M4s. Um, or can be fired individually. And we also manage the optics that go on those devices. So um, all the sighting and targeting and um, all that equipment is stuff that we manage as well. And in numbers of pieces, I mean, I, I know with the, with, the, uh, with the nine millimeters anyway, I mean, there's gotta be several thousand, I mean, tens of thousands of those. I mean, that's, you're talking a yes. lot of pieces of equipment. Yes, there, there's, there's almost 900,000 pieces of equipment out in the field at this time. 
So yeah, uh -huh. quite a few. And you got four Over. people on your team. Well, four government folks, but I, I can't overemphasize that the contractors in our team are, they're just so above board. It's not even funny. They are stellar. We couldn't do it without our contract support. So there's four government people, but that contract team, um, the extended team is roughly 15 people strong um, to include our contractors. Um, we even have a depot planner on our team and um, there's a contract financial manager on our team. Um, so we, we have a lot of support that we rely on from the contracting side of the house. And so again, when we talk about impact, I mean, in terms of, uh, of airmen, if you've ever encountered, uh, you know, a requirement to, to fire for deployment, or if you carry a weapon, or if you've served on honor guard duty or any of those kinds of things, they've been a benefit to your services. That's a very true statement. Uh, we, we do serve a very large community. Every member of the air force, air national guard, air reserve, they all use our equipment, every single one of them. Uh, so the people that you have, you said you have four government people. What what are you, what are your skill sets? What what particular skills are you guys program managers primarily? Or I'm I'm actually a logistics manager by trade. Um, program manager would be a different um, job series, but related. Um, logistics managers are they're kind of jack of all trades and master of all. So I try to do that. Um, we, we try to manage the team as if we were program managers, but I'm yielding the power that is delegated to me by our division chief, Mr. Brian Hudson. So he's the one that delegates me the, his authority to manage this team um, and all acquisition decisions go through him as the milestone decision authority. Uh, so what are some things that, um, that you guys worked on in, in the recent past um, that are out in the field now that people might uh, might know. Um, well, it's, it's, it's interesting. The um, of course the six hour M eighteen is our our big fielding effort right at the moment. Of course to replace all the aging M nines that are out there. Um, we're approximately uh, about thirty eight thousand weapons into that process. Um, so we still got about thirty more thousand to go to get those fully fielded. Um, we're doing the squad design, designated marksman rifle. Uh, that's being fielded as we speak. It's currently going through a legal review process. And we're also trying to get the special tooling engaging in place in, in all the 200 combat arms units that will be managing these weapons and maintaining them out in the field. Mm -hmm. um, we've recently done a, a subcompact weapon called the APC-9K. Um, that, that's a uh, replacement for the old MP5 weapons that are out in the field. Um, those are done for uh, dignitary protection details, things like that. So those are being fielded as we speak. Um, we recently did a contract for 50,000 uh, one to six variable optics. Um, that's also a SIG Sauer out in Oregon. Um, so those are being fielded as we speak as well. Okay. Uh, so when you replace the nine millimeters, do you have to swap out all the ammo as well? Or, or is it just it, a weapon? Did there is a current effort to, to transition some ammunition use. Um, the M18 is already qualified with the latest rounds with the um, current pressures. That's the uh, 1152 rounds and 1153s is, is the designation for those. And they've already been qualified and, and approved for use with those rounds. Okay. And I guess that makes the resupply a lot uh, or the transition a lot easier to manage than if you were trying to switch out to make sure that the weapons and the ammunition all got there at the same time. 
Correct. That's part of the acquisition process that we would make sure that the anything that we procure is qualified with the ammunition that's going to be fired through it. Um, any of those tests would be coordinated well before we ever field to an airman. Okay. Um, what about uh, like um, holsters and, and other equipment like that? Do you do you have to procure new stuff for that for the for that new uh, handgun as well? Most of the accessory items are managed by other teams. Um, we don't manage holsters. Um, we do sometimes in the case of our general officer weapons, um, we, we facilitate questions from the field as to which holster goes with the weapon, um, but we don't get in the business of managing those um, incidentals and accessory items for the most part. They're, they're usually managed by DLA, so those are contracts that uh, the Defense Logistics Agency will put together and replenish as needed. Okay. Um, now you said earlier that the uh, the army is the has the primary lead for like these acquisitions and did they run the acquisition on the on the six hour or did you, did you guys have some input into that or interesting story and in that the um, we, we call it the modular handgun system so the army has predominantly adopted the m17 variant which is a larger version of the same weapon the m18 is the smaller compact version um, the Air Force actually started the MHS program uh, many, many years ago, but as soon as it became known that that was a joint requirement and not service unique, it became mm -hmm. Army led at that point and they drove the acquisition from there. And of course, it's, it's much larger than just Air Force. Uh, the Army, the Navy and the Air Force all use the M18 and M17 series of weapons. Okay. All right. So the Air Force version is, is slightly different. How, how, what's the differences with it? The the difference in M18 and M17 is just a matter of size. The uh, the Sig Sauer is a modular handgun, where the serialized piece of that is just the frame internally, and you can swap out um, grip frames and uh, slide assemblies, and create different sized weapons in the end. But it's still the same serialized piece. So okay. that's what gives it the flexibility and makes it modular for different uses. Right. Um, so what are some uh, what are some other things coming down the pike that uh, that you see in the future? Well, we we've got our eye on uh, next gen carbines and squad weapons that the army is fleshing out as we speak. Um, they're trying to move on to bigger technologies that are uh, safer and reach out and have more uh, energy upon impact than our current fielded weapons. It entails a ammunition change as well. That'll be 6.8 millimeter. Um, so th those rounds are coming on board. Uh, so we're keeping an eye on that. That's still years down the road, if any, for Air Force adoption. Um, so we're watching that. There's always talk about doing uh, suppressors, things like that for our fielded units. So we're keeping an eye on that one. Um, We've got a lot of older weapons in the in the field in the form of the old M16s that we're phasing out, um, putting M4s in their place. Um, <laughs> so th there's new weapon systems coming on board all the time, and we try to stay abreast of those by, you know, attending um, vendor demonstration days and shows. Uh, part of the team just got back from the shot show, the shooting, hunting, and outdoor trade show in Las Vegas. We went to that. Um, it was the first time they turned that back on since the whole COVID thing, but um, we, we had a good time out there and lots and lots of products out there. There's so many commercial variants of weapons and optics and laser range finders and all that, that it, it's hard to stay abreast of that, but we try to keep up to the latest technology. 
um, from an acquisitions perspective, we cannot keep up with industry. Um, yeah. If we were to change that, it's just the DOD is too big to just change that, you know, overnight. Um, but industry does a great job of supporting us. There's a lot of new technology coming down the pike, and we try to take advantage of that whenever we can. Yeah. So that uh, it kind of brings us to the end of our time. But uh, before we close, I just want to see, is there anything that you'd like to add or anything that I forgot to ask you about? Uh, no, that's a, that, that's a great rundown. I mean, I, I can't overemphasize this is a great team we've got here. We, we interface with our Army brethren. Um, we've got a great extended team here in the Air Force, especially our, our contracting team, um, our ANAS advisory and assistance services folks. Um, we reach out to our finance folks a lot. Um, that's a never ending deal. Um, and our security forces brethren down there in Texas, and especially our our gunsmith shop down there, they do a great job for us. So we couldn't do it just with our government team. It has to be, it has to be farmed out and we have to have that extended team members to make it work. Yeah. So sir, thanks for joining us today on Leadership Log and helping us understand better uh, your program office and, and how you impact the Air Force every day. Thank you very much. I appreciate your time.